welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner is that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season one, we're talking all about career breaks. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm very excited to tell you about today's guest. And I'll also say I'm very sad because this is the final interview episode of season one. And quite frankly, it's been so amazing. I've loved speaking to all of the guests. I feel so inspired and I hope you feel the same way. So my guest today is Kayla MacArthur. And I love Kayla's story because it encompasses a lot of the travel possibilities out there. And that's what this podcast is all about. So we learn about her two month career break road trip and what she ultimately looked into upon returning to work because she knew that this full-time job for an employer wasn't for her. So she did her research, she considered lots of different possibilities before choosing her current career path. So without any further ado, here's Kayla's interview. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I'm so excited to bring to you the final interview episode of the season. And I'm my special guest, Kayla MacArthur, who has an awesome story filled with all sorts of travel possibilities, but she talks better about it than I do. So Kayla, welcome. Thanks for being here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Callie. Yeah, so my name is Kayla MacArthur, and I am a transformational coach and a digital nomad and a crazy cat mama uh, to my adorable tuxedo stray, who is currently living with me down in Sayulita, Mexico. Um, But I didn't start in Sayulita, Mexico. Uh, Before all of this happened, I actually graduated uh, Regis College with my degree in psychology and had a job in the mental health field. And now I work with my clients as a transformational coach, helping them to create their most potent and powerful lives from the inside out. So I'm really excited to be here and talk more about that time in my life. Yeah, sounds amazing. And so can you take us back to that time in your life when you did have a job for an employer? And I mean, this season's all about career breaks. So of course, there's probably a story in there somewhere about when you left your job to travel. So can you take us back to that time How did you feel at work? What was it like having a job and so on? Whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, so I started my career in the mental health industry and I was working as a residential counselor with young adults who had really severe mental illness. I mean, I'm talking borderline personality disorder, suicidality, severe depression, uh, bipolar, lots of different diagnoses. And uh, basically they live together in a home. And my job is to be there in the milieu, kind of keeping them on track with 
daily living. And then if they do get heightened at some point throughout the day to take them into the office and help them coach them through their emotions and bring them back down to baseline. So when I first started my job, I loved it. It was so amazing. It was so fulfilling to help people at a really deep level. The kids were always telling me how I just brought a smile to their face and they could tell that I really cared about my job. And I did. I really, really did. Serving people, helping people is part of me. So uh, at first it was going really well. And I felt like I was making a huge difference in their lives. However, <laughs> what ended up happening over the long term was that I started to get really burnt out because a lot of these kids were there not because they wanted to be, but because they had to be. They were mandated by the government or by their families. And so they didn't necessarily want to change. Uh, some did, and those were those kids were amazing. It felt really, really satisfying to help them. But others, it, it started to feel like I was just this like glorified babysitter, or like I was just a crisis manager. And so I started to feel really burnt out. And also on the other side of things, this is a state-run facility, and so I had gone to school and I had all these great ideas that I wanted to bring into the structure of how the the home was run, but my upper management was never open to them. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, I went to school. I learned all of this great stuff. I have ideas. I'd love to implement things. And it just got shot down time and time again. And I knew I was craving some autonomy. You know, I wanted to make a difference on every level and didn't really get met with that same um, excitement or desire to change. So yeah, four years in, got really burnt out really, really burnt out, just tired about the management saying no to my ideas, tired from working with the kids who didn't want to change. And it kind of came to this, as I call it, quarter life crisis. <laughs> I totally get that. And it's beyond frustrating to want to make a difference. And ultimately, because of the environment you're working in, you just can't. And like, how infuriating when we're people who crave like, improvement and personal growth and all of those things and you can't do anything about it just based on your surroundings so I totally feel that so tell us more about your quarter life crisis what happens then yeah so uh career was definitely part of the quarter life crisis because all around me I saw my peers you know, having their jobs and finding their way in the world and getting married and having a house and having children and I'm here like I still haven't figured this all out yet. Like, I hate my job. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, I had decided in college that I would become a therapist. But of course, that requires going back to school. And that was something that I did not want to do. I did not want to go back to school and occur more debt. Um, I wanted something different. And so, yeah, I was just stuck. Like, what what am I doing? Um, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be in the world? And also at the time I was going through a pretty uh, awful breakup as well with someone that I had really fallen for. And um, about a month in, he told me that he had picked the wrong person, that he was in love with one of our other friends and had been cheating on me time. So that was really, really traumatic as well. Uh, just heartbreak, hating my career. <laughs> yep. Quarter life crisis. Full swing. All, yeah. All at once. It sort of hits you. 
And so you did something about it, right? Can you tell us what change you decided to make and what yeah. led you to that decision? Yeah. So I actually, I remember it was summer of 2013. I called up my best friend and we went for a hike and I was talking with her and I was like, you know how we always said that we wanted to take a road trip, but we never did it why don't we do it right now? And she was going through a pretty hard time as well. And so right there during that hike, we decided we were going to pack up a Route 4 and we were going to take off for two months time um, and explore the United States and go on that road trip, do something that we said we always wanted to do. And so, yeah, about uh, two months after that, we started getting ready and we were ready to go. I took a leave of absence from my job, which was pretty big because at the time, two months felt huge. Like thinking about that now, I'm like, ah, that's nothing. But back then that felt like a year, like it felt so big. <laughs> Am I really not going to be working for two months? Just live freely, like doing whatever I want to do. It felt crazy. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. Cause like at the point I'm in my life, like, yeah, two months doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're used to having like one week maximum off, two weeks. I mean, two months is eight times that it's crazy amount of time. That's like eight consecutive vacations. And that's so exciting. And yes. so like way outside of the norm. So how did it go at work? They, did you speak to them and you asked for time away? What was the conversations like? Were they receptive? Yeah. So, um, what I decided to do, I had about, I think two or three weeks of earned time saved up. So I was able to put that towards my trip. And then the rest of the time, it was just a, uh, an unpaid leave of absence. So, you know, I did have to plan for that. I did have to plan like, okay, I need, you know, this money to pay my bills for this month. So I had to save a little bit beforehand to be able to pay my bills, but it was nice to be getting paid for those three weeks, the first three weeks. And they were very receptive. Um, and we were able to tell the kids too that I was working with and they found it so inspiring. I think I sent them a postcard too from different areas that I ended up traveling to. So it was cool for them to see someone going out and living into their dreams as well. So it was very, yeah, it was an easy process and they were very receptive. I love that so much. And a lot of times we kind of assume that maybe our employer wouldn't be receptive to something like this. And so we don't ask. And I mean, the lesson there is like, the answer is definitely no, if you don't ask. And so you might as well ask. And if the answer is no, it's no different. But what if the answer is yes? Exactly. You can never get what you want if you don't ask for it. Exactly. So that's so exciting. And can you tell us about your road trip? And did you plan it advance or how did it go? Just lay it all out there. Yes. So, okay. I am totally a type A. So I planned out the entire thing, you know, <laughs> our itinerary, like, okay, we're going to go to this park on these days. Then we're going to go to this park on these days. And the plan was to take my best friend's route four. We were going to pack it up and we were going to visit all the national parks along our route. And so <laughs> of course, you know, the universe just kind of snuck in. The day that we left, October 1st, 2013, the government in the United States shut down and all of the national parks closed. So that beautiful itinerary that I had planned had to completely be thrown out the window. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like, yes, you're laughing now, but I know how heart-wrenching that probably was in the moment. How did you feel and how did you handle it? Yeah, it was pretty... Um, 
I'm someone who, again, like doesn't do super well with change. Uh, I do so well with some, but this kind of change at the last minute was a little tough to handle. But, you know, we were also not having to work for two months. We were about to take off on an epic journey. And so I kind of trusted and knew that we would have fun no matter what. And we also, um, our plans changed. We had a bunch of friends from high school who had kind of moved all over the United States. So we shifted our plan to actually just kind of going where the road wanted to take us and then stopping and seeing some of these friends and being able to spend some time with them where they were living now. So it turned out to be pretty awesome. Either way. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I love how things just tend to work out. And there was probably a lesson tucked in there somewhere about letting go and things like that. So which states and which places impressed you the most over the course of your two months? Yeah, so we went west first, kind of like northern west. And I would say what impressed me most on our way out was Grand Tetons National Park. And we, again, the park was closed, but we were able to kind of drive through it. So seeing those mountains for the first time, wow, they were just so impressive. They were like these jagged teeth on the horizon. I still remember my first time getting a peek at them and also watching them in the morning when the sun was coming up I and mean, we had camped right outside of them. And it was just oh, so fabulous. Um, and then there were some other places too along coming back uh, from coming back east because we were in Massachusetts. Uh, tu Tuba City, right outside of Tuba City, there is this amazing canyon that I think personally is better than the Grand Canyon, but we just randomly discovered it on our own. I don't know how it happened, but I remember driving down this dirt road and we came upon it and we were just like, oh my God, <laughs> like what is, we were the only people there and it was absolutely amazing so right outside of tuba city there is a canyon that i highly recommend checking out. wow that's so cool and like that's the best part about driving places you get to see things that you would totally miss if you were flying so that's so exciting and so you mentioned like your situation is a little bit unique in the sense that taking two months away and taking a leave from your job you still had bills to pay so you mentioned needing to save up a little bit how did you budget for your trip how did you budget for like what you needed to take care of back home? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I knew my monthly bills. I was paying my student loans off at the time. I was still living with my parents, so I didn't have to worry about rent. Uh, I was pretty young. I mean, this was like I was 23, 24. I can't remember. Um, so what I did was I just looked at what are the things that definitely need to be paid and I need to have that in my savings before I go. So I did that. And then also when we did our trip, I don't exactly remember setting out a strict budget, but I, but the whole thing, like the whole two months only cost 2,200. $2,200. Like that wasn't bad. That's all the food included. Every time we stopped, uh, we ended up staying in uh, camp campgrounds overnight. So sometimes we would pay for those. Sometimes we pay for a hotel, but a lot of times we were staying with friends, which allowed us to not have to spend money on lodging. So uh, yeah, I was, yeah. it was, I think looking back and knowing, oh my gosh, that was only $2,200 for eight weeks. Like 
that's doable. I think a lot of times taking a road trip, taking time off, people can feel like, oh, that's going to be too expensive or how can I afford it? But it's very easy to make it affordable. So that's so cool. And like, I'm so glad you brought that up, especially since a lot of listeners are based in the U.S. You probably spend more than $2,200 a month, all things considered and expenses and stuff like that. So for two months traveling in the U.S., you can really cut down and that goes for good goes the same for global travel as well. There are so many destinations that are much cheaper to travel to than to live in some of these really expensive cities. So it's important to kind of look at that and shift your mindset because it is totally possible. Awesome. And so then at the end of your trip, what happened? Did you just go back to work? How are you feeling? Were you having those feelings of dread having to go back? Mm-hmm. So I will never forget this memory. I still have the exact picture in my head of coming around this beautiful bend in Oregon. The sun was hitting the water and we had music on. We were in my friend's car and goosebumps just like raised all over my body. And it was in that moment that I realized wow, like this is freedom. This is what it feels like to be alive. And how can I create this every single day of my life? So we were probably about two or three weeks in when that happened. And so, yes, I was dreading going back to work. (laughs) I had kind of uncovered how I think I naturally am meant to live. And thinking about going back to that environment was pretty... It was intense. Um, I immediately upon coming home started to think about other ways that I could make travel a bigger part of my life. Like maybe I'm not meant to be a therapist, right? Like maybe I'm meant to just live as a free spirited gypsy for a few years. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So when I came back, I think like the biggest lesson that I learned on that trip was that I am the powerful creator of my reality. I think up until that moment, I saw life as a, as a, as a one path, a one way path. And I think this is what is encouraged and expected with a lot of Americans and other people in the world too, I'm sure that you go to school, you, you know, graduate, you go to college, then you get the house and the family and the marriage, and then you get the career. And it's just a very straight and narrow path. And so doing this trip really shook me from that path and made me realize that I can step outside of that. I don't necessarily have to feed into how things are expected to go. I can make my own path. And so, yeah, coming back, I was definitely like, how can I step off of this path? Because this, this path doesn't feel like me. And I want to live a life that feels like me. I love that so much. And it's so important. And I resonate so deeply with the one path thing. And I'm sure a lot of people do as well. And I love how you questioned yourself. You're like, maybe I don't want to be a therapist. Because if you don't ask yourself those questions, you're going to still go for what might not actually be right for you after all. So good stuff. Yeah. And so how, what did you come up with? Like, how could you bring more travel into your life? Yeah. So I 
started to look at different jobs that could incorporate travel. I looked at becoming a backroads tour guide, which is a company that takes people on tours that are a little more active. Uh, I did get an interview with them too, but I ultimately did not go with them. I looked at possibly doing seasonal work at some of the national parks where you can get like free room and board for doing work there for the season. And then I also looked at getting my TEFL certification in Prague to teach English and then move to Taiwan. And so uh, a couple months after the road trip, that's ultimately what I decided was going to be my path. So I started saving up all my money to get my TEFL certification. I started doing all the research and really putting together a plan. And then I would say in April, though, I had this insight. I don't know where it came from, but I was like, hmm, if I go get my TEFL certification, I don't want to teach English for the rest of my life. Like, that's not going to be a career. It's a method to travel. It will support feeling free and being able to see more of the world. But what happens when I come back home? What am I going to have? What will I have built? And so I was like, "Uh oh, I don't think this is actually the path for me. And interestingly enough, entrepreneurship was never a thing. It was never an option. It was never in my family. Like, hey, you could become an entrepreneur and have your own business. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, right. Like it just wasn't a part of that straight and narrow path. And so I'm not exactly sure what inclined me to go down this entrepreneurial path, but essentially that's what I decided to do. I decided to get my coaching certification, which was actually very complimentary to all the work that I had been doing up until this point. But now instead of becoming a therapist, going back to school and getting my degree and starting to build a therapy practice, I was going to start building a coaching practice and I was going to be my own boss. And that also would fix all of those problems around at work, like not feeling like I had autonomy. So um, yeah, that's why I decided to do that. (laughs) I love it. And so were you still working at your job while you were building your coaching business and how long did they overlap? Yes. So I continued to work at the group home for, I think, another two years. Um, And then I had a job while I was building my business, working for an elderly woman, taking care of her on the side. So she kind of paid my bills while I was working on my business. And uh, eventually she did pass away and it was a very bittersweet moment. So I think about four and a half years after I started my business, I went full time in my business. Awesome. So exciting. And can you just talk a little bit more about your business and how you help people? Yeah. So I'm a transformational life coach and I help my people create their most potent and powerful lives through embodying their most potent and powerful selves. I truly believe that we create our reality from the inside out. And so we have to ask ourselves, like, who are we being in our lives? How are we showing up? And is it creating everything that we want to create? And so that's I help my people with. It's a really uh, internal approach as opposed to an external strategy approach. And yeah, again, it's very distinct to my clients. Each client has a different vision of what they want to create in their life. And through our work together, I help them create that. Awesome. I love it so much. I think it's so important. And so, yeah, if you're feeling stuck or alone, like there are people out there to help you and you don't have to go through it alone. And You get results so much faster when you just invest in the support that you might need in this moment. Yes. And so when did you move to Mexico and how did that come into play? Yeah, so I actually moved down here in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, 
with a stranger who then became my partner in life. Okay. <laughs> Tell us um, more. <laughs> yeah. So we were introduced by a mutual friend and we were both with our parents at the time because it was supposed 2020 was supposed to be my breakout nomadic year. And he had just returned from a year around the world. He took a career break as well. And, um, he was trying to get back into the workforce and no one was hiring because we were in the middle of a pandemic. And so we both decided to, uh, upon meeting each other, move down to Mexico as friends and start a life down there as roommates. <laughs> and then obviously uh, <laughs> we became partners and we started in Tulum. We were there for about four and a half months. And then we did a Mexico wide tour. We did like five different destinations for a month each. And we finally landed in Sayulita uh, this past September 1st. And we're here until June 1st before we go back to the States to launch his book. Amazing. And what other cities did you go to in Mexico? So we did Mexico City. We did San Miguel de Allende. We did Sayulita for a month before we decided we wanted um, to be here. And then Huatulco on the Oaxacan coast. Mm -hmm. And then San Cristobal de las Casas, which was my other favorite. I love. I'm going next month. <laughs> We're going to love it. Yes. <laughs> so That's awesome. Fish La Bush as well. Oh, very cool. And so you kind of tried out the different places to pick somewhere to stay long term? Yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And what made you decide on Sayulita? <sighs> Sayulita is special. It has this feminine energy presence there is something so unique. It's almost like living in the past. There's no big grocery stores. Everyone who works here has a name. You go in, you see your grocer, your taco person, you see all the waiters, they're all the same. So you get to develop relationships and you have to go to like five different stores to get all your stuff. It's just, and you can walk from one side to the other. There's no need for a car and it's right on the beach. I mean, it is, it's special. It's, there's a special energy here. Love it. That's so cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Kayla, this conversation has been awesome. I love chatting with you. What advice would you give to someone who's kind of stuck in a job? They know there's more out there for them, but they just don't feel like they can take the step to do something different. Yeah, I would tell them that if there is a desire, if there is a call, if they are feeling pulled towards something outside of that life, follow it. Follow it in any way that they can, even if it's small, even if it's tiny, even if it's taking a trip for a week, a vacation to some destination that they're being pulled towards. I truly believe that there are breadcrumbs throughout our lives. And if we follow them, magic will happen. Like each breadcrumb has something important to deliver us a message to deliver to us. And so, yeah, even if you have to start small, just follow them. And eventually you will build up that courage. You will build up uh, a different kind of relationship with risk and you'll be excited and more courageous and brave to take those bigger steps eventually. Like it doesn't have to happen overnight. Exactly. <laughs> just follow the very next breadcrumb. Oh, love that. I know we're so obsessed with instant gratification, but it's those small steps that really get those big results. So awesome advice. Thank you. And so knowing everything you know now, thinking back to your career break road trip, would you do it again? Would I do it again now? Um, 
If I, yes, if I was definitely 100%, yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm like, would I do a road trip again now? I don't know. I might it's be a little break. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that, that road trip changed my life. I would not be here where I am without that road trip. If I did not follow that wisdom that was, that was pulling me to go and explore. Uh, so I think that these, when you do follow the call, you have the chance to really overhaul your life and move closer to the life you want to live so yes I love totally it do it again <laughs> thank you and Kayla if people want to learn more about you where can they find you online sure you can find me on my website at www.kaylamacarthur.com or you can find me on Instagram I love sharing a lot of my travel stuff there so Kayla MacArthur is my handle awesome and I'm going to link it all in the show notes as well so people can find it more easily and that's a wrap Thank you so much for being here, Kayla. And thank you everyone for tuning in to all the interviews this season, season one of Travel Possibilities. I have one more episode coming out in a couple of days just to tie up loose ends, wrap everything up and announce season two. So thank you all so much for being here and I will catch you on that final episode of season one. A career break is more than escaping reality for a short time. It's an intentional break that will help you recover from the corporate burnout, fuel your inspiration through exploration, and ignite your fire for life. The next round of my signature program, Career Break Bootcamp, will be back this December. If you dream about leaving your job in exchange for some full-time travel, but don't know how to get started, this program is for you. You can find the link to hop on the waitlist inside the show notes so that you don't miss out. This is your life. What are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.